0: Welcome to week number four in our series, Baggage, Live Free, Travel Light. This is the conclusion uh, of our series, Valley Family, and I am so excited uh, that we have a guest speaker here this weekend with us. Uh, Randall Langley uh, and his wife, Lori, have been just great friends to Susie and I, really for almost 15 years now. Uh, Randall and I serve on, I think, three or four different boards of different ministries and organizations around the country and around the world. And uh, he's really like a brother uh, to me. He is the president of Christian Life School of Theology Global. Uh, Where we both did uh, our graduate studies together and serve on that board together and uh, just a tremendous Communicator, uh, pastor several churches across America until literally this past summer when he went full time uh, as president of Christian Life School of Theology Global. And so uh, I am just so thrilled to have him and his wife Lori with us. And I just want you Valley family uh, give Randall Langley a big hand and welcome him to Valley Christian Church this weekend. Well, all right. How's
1: everybody doing? I. Couldn't be more excited to be here. As uh, Pastor said, this is a, a very special weekend for Lori and I. It is our 35th anniversary. And uh, so, if you're married, you know that you don't go through 35 years without some uh, challenges, some marital issues that you have to work through. If you're married, let me hear you say a big amen. amen. And uh, so, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be very helpful wherever I go, and, and uh, I, I want to leave something for you that, uh, you know, you, maybe you can take away as a bonus. I know we're in this baggage series, but I thought I'd help you out. Somebody actually had emailed this to me uh, a, a while back, but it's still very relevant, and it's called uh, Technical Support for Wives. You know, we live in a, in a very... Uh, you know computer driven technology driven world today so I think this might be helpful to some of you but basically this distraught wife uh, emailed tech support for some help and so this is what she wrote she said dear tech support last year I upgraded from boyfriend 5.0 to husband 1.0 and I noticed a distinct slowdown in overall performance particularly in the flower and jewelry applications which used to operate flawlessly under Boyfriend 5.0. In addition, Husband 1.0 uninstalled many other valuable programs, such as Romance 9.5 <laughs> and Personal Attention 6.5. And then he installed undesirable programs, such as NFL 5.0 <laughs> and MBA 3.0. uh, Conversation 8.0 no longer runs, and House Cleaning 2.6 simply crashes the system. (laughs) I've tried running Nagging (laughs) 5.3 to fix these problems, but to no avail. What can I do? Please help, signed Desperate. And so she received this response from Tech Support. It says, Dear Desperate, First, keep in mind, Boyfriend 5.0, is an entertainment package, <laughs> while husband 1.0 is an operating system. Try to enter the application, I thought you loved me, and click the download link to download Tears 6.2, which should automatically install Guilt 5.0. If that application works as designed, Husband 1.0 should automatically begin to run the applications. Jewelry 2.0 and flowers 3.5. But remember, overuse of the above application can cause husband 1.0 to default to grumpy silence 2.5. Whatever you do, do not, this is in caps, do not install mother-in-law 1.0 and certainly don't install another boyfriend program. (laughs) These are not supported applications and will crash Husband 1.0. In summary, Husband 1.0 is a great program, but it does have limited memory and cannot learn new applications quickly. You might consider buying additional software to improve memory and performance. We recommend Hot Food 3.0 and lingerie 7.7 good luck tech support so uh, there you go maybe that'll be an inspiration to some of you there seriously though it's really awesome to be here with the with the Valley family and uh, of course some of our our very best friends in the world pastor Greg and and Susie obviously uh, if you're a guest or a visitor uh, please if I spoil it for you, say something offensive, come back because uh, I, I think you'd probably really enjoy Pastor Greg. But uh, uh, we, we love them very much. And, and uh, by the way, October, in case you didn't know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, very few people understand the, the physical, the emotional, and spiritual draw and warfare that come from uh, leading a ministry. Uh, it is definitely no piece of cake. And uh, these... Uh, uh, two very special people are, are champions, and I know you love them very much. But let me just give you an encouragement. Maybe think about doing something extra special this month to be a blessing to them. Let you know that you love them and, and uh, care about them. I think uh, as, a, as a pastor, I just know that a little encouragement goes a long way. And by, besides that, who knows? He might preach better in the future. <laughs> let me make a confession to you uh, as I get started tonight here's a big confession are you ready I love church uh, I'm a church guy and uh, we believe that church is something that should be enjoyed not endured and a lot of people grew up in a church so it's just like you know oh God, church <laughs> oh gee <laughs> gotta go to church uh, how many of you know that's not the way it should be right church should be one of the most enjoyable experiences of our lives it's where we share life together. It's where we receive words of life. It's where we encourage, receive prayer, and and, and it, we get things in church that you'll never get in any other place. And so I'm really excited about this series called Baggage. Um, I, I I guess this is the final message of this series, and and we've been dealing with the in, emotional. Uh, baggage, relational baggage, all these different issues. Basically, this baggage does one thing. It causes us to live far beneath the blessings and benefits and privileges that Jesus bought and paid for for us as sons and daughters of God. It's a, uh, you, you know, I, I'm excited about this message because this has been a part of the theme of, of Lori's in my life for many years. We, we believe that as as a son or a, a daughter of God, that we have a covenant right to walk in wholeness, that Jesus came to make us whole. And certainly one thing I know is that carrying around baggage is not wholeness. Amen? So we live with this core belief that God loves you outrageously, and He has this amazing plan for your life. And on the other hand, there's this very real enemy, not make-believe. You know, this is the month of Halloween. There'll be a lot of people running around in, you know, red suits with uh, a pitchfork and, and a tail and pointy ears and stuff. And, and I want you to know that Satan is not some comical uh, uh, character. Satan is a very real enemy who the Bible says he comes to steal and kill and destroy. And, uh, and, and he's got a plan for your life, too. See, God's got a plan, the enemy has a plan, right? We understand that. And you know, it, it amazes me how many people think that they know what they need for themselves, but they just won't do things God's way. Maybe you've been there. I know I've been there a time. I just feel like I've got it figured out. I've got to do it my way. It's kind of like the story in, in the book of Acts in the Bible is the story of a, of a beggar man. And, and this beggar man is at a gate called Beautiful. And uh, as the people are entering the synagogue, uh, headed to, to go to church, he thinks he knows what he needs. And so he's begging alms of there, uh, of silver and gold. And, and the, the Bible tells a story that the disciples are walking by, and, uh, and Peter says, we don't have any silver, we don't have any gold. Uh, you know, my, my wife got my wallet on the way out the door this morning. I don't have any silver or gold, but this is what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he reached down and he lifted him up. Now, I want to ask you something. That blind beggar thought that he knew what he needed. But the reality is that God knows what we need, and one supernatural encounter with God can make all the difference in the world. Sometimes we're trying to fix things and do things our way, but what we really need is a supernatural encounter with a real God who really loves you and and has an outrageous, amazing plan and purpose for your life. And so this baggage series, dealing with our baggage, sometimes it can be a lot like that too. We think we know what we need to do to get free, but God knows what we really need so that we can live free from the things that weigh us down and keep us from fulfilling our ultimate uh, destiny, the the ultimate God-given purpose and destiny for our life. You know, it's very difficult to run with excess weight and baggage, Right? I uh, uh, recently, uh, the last few years have become more difficult for me. I've, over the years, have engaged in a number of... of uh, I grew up an athlete, and so loved playing sports, you know, and then uh, guys in the church started getting me involved in triathlons And we lived in Florida, and recently it's been these mud runs, right? And so uh, I haven't really been in training like I used to train, and a couple weeks ago, I get a call on a Thursday night. Uh, one of the, the guys in the church calls me and says, Hey, Dr. Langley, he says... Um, uh, we've been training for this, uh, this mud run coming up Saturday. This is Thursday night, the mud run Saturday. He says, uh, uh, we need a, one of our guys has tweaked his back. We need a sub. <laughs> I said, hmm, I really can't think of anybody. If something comes to mind, I'll... he's like, no, I mean you. I'm like, come on, man. You know, this guy, he's literally, I'm not kidding. He's a former Navy SEAL. And he and his buddy's been training, working out, okay? Like, I am 55 years old, right? He's 30, like 32. I'm like 23 years older than the next youngest guy, okay? And and so uh, he says, no, he says, I think you can do it. You can make it and stuff. And I'm like hemming and hawing around. Then he pulled the trump card out on me. You know what the trump card is? What's the matter? Are you too old? (laughs) I'm like, oh, boy. You know, what am I going to do now? All right, I'll show up. Well, I wasn't concerned that I, I I figured I could, you know, I work out enough to, I knew I could finish the race, but I just want to be that guy that slowed everybody down, you know, that kind of thing. Anyhow, we did it, but I realized something that I don't weigh what I used to weigh. And it's awful hard to run with more weight than you used to carry. Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Don't look at me like that, you know. (laughs) Oh, that poor sucker, he had to do that. It was difficult. I remember in high school running with ankle weights to train. Man, you take those ankle weights off and you felt like you could run 100 miles an hour. You could jump through the gym, man. And so, but here's the deal. We were not uh, created to run with all this excess weight and baggage. It's about being free and running the race that is set before us. You can't, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of like, um, how should I say this? I, I, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news, okay? The, the bad news is we all have excess baggage. We all have excess baggage attached to our lives. doesn't matter what your background is, where you're from. You might think that, well, he just doesn't know what I've been going through. Uh, let me tell you something. Everybody I've ever met has excess baggage. Here's the good news, though. The good news is Jesus came to set us free from our excess baggage. And again, not just to cope with it. Sometimes we're really good at coping with things and just getting Jesus doesn't want you to cope. Jesus came to set you free. He wants you to be free from this baggage. One of our scriptures is 2 Corinthians 3:17. You can see that here. It says now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. And in Galatians, he said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free. This is what the Word of God says. This is what Jesus says about you. You know what, we've, what we found out? Here, you'll, all re- you'll remember this. Satan tries to put a question mark where God puts an exclamation point. And every promise that God has for your life, Satan will come along and try and put a question mark there. When God has made it definitive, it's not a question. It's an exclamation point. It's his promise, and it belongs to you. So in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul, he actually writes specifically to address this whole issue of baggage and and the sin struggles that we face in our lives. He said this in, in Romans 7 and verses 15. I would encourage you to actually read the whole uh, chapter, Romans chapter 7. He said, I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. You ever felt like that? I want to do it, but I don't do it. Instead, I do everything that I hate. Wow, what a tough place to be in, right? Satan's plan is that this former sin and baggage in our life would have an impact on us. And here, here's some, just some, uh, maybe this will help you unpack this. He wants it to become a part of your identity. Whatever that former thing is in your life, whatever baggage that you carry around, he wants that to be your identity. He wants it to, to be a part of how you view yourself. He wants you to feel increasingly hopeless. Our world is full of hopelessness. Everywhere you turn, that's a work of the enemy. God's a God of hope. Satan is is an adversary who just totally wants to rewrite the manuscript of your life and write hopeless over it. And then what happens is you become defensive, right? Whenever it's time to, you know, you know you've got these nagging issues, you know you're carrying this baggage, and you get defensive about it. Then you become a slave to it. You become a slave to this identity. You become a slave to this baggage, and it's something that you want to get rid of in your life. And then, ultimately, the enemy's plan is that you begin to lose your life. You begin to, everything just begins to uh, be stripped away from you. Your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, and everything that you are believing God for. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 6, and he says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Sin is no longer your master. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now listen to me. One thing I know is that you can't separate grace from truth. That scripture says you live under the freedom of God's grace. God's grace contains truth. Grace, the grace of God is his empowerment for you and I to live in the freedom and the truth that he bought for us. So I'll say that again. You can't separate grace from truth. So, in the, this conclusion of this baggage series, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how we can break free from this baggage that just tries to hang on, this, this baggage that just won't let go. And so I've broken this down into four C's. Hopefully you'll re, be able to remember this. Four C's. And the first C is this number one, can the excuses. And this is not meant to be insensitive to the things you deal with, but it's amazing how our human nature wants to come up with all the excuses as to why we can't do it, or why it's just been too difficult, or, or you know, it's amazing how we think of excuses in our lives. In Luke chapter 14, there's a scripture uh, where Jesus, you know, how many you know that Jesus always asks for commitment, right? Jesus didn't just want fans. Jesus wanted committed Christ followers, disciples who would follow him and obey him. And so this is what he says, but, but they all began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field and I must go see it. Well, what's that have to do? That, that has to do with... Uh, Uh, our our possessions, okay? Another said, please excuse me, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on, on my way to try them out. That represents business and work, right? Our possessions, our business, our work. And the third one says, please excuse me, I got married so I can't come. Oh, now it's all about the family. Those are three, and so we just make excuses for you know, our inability or refusal to deal with these issues in our life. And so, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this, holy smokes, you know, what excuses am I making? What's, what, what excuses are tied to your baggage? There's a good, that's a good question, isn't it? That's an honest question. This is for personal evaluation. What excuses are attached to your baggage? Recently, I've been doing a lot of traveling, you know, and, and you go up there to check your baggage in, and what's the first thing that they do? They wrap a tag around your bag, right? And that goes with your bag wherever it goes. Let me ask you a question. What tag have they attached to your baggage? What excuse is on your baggage? One of my favorite verses from childhood is very simple. It's 1 John 1, 9. And it says this. If we confess our sins, he, meaning Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from All unrighteousness. That covers it all. All unrighteousness. The Amplified version of this says, if we freely admit we've sinned and confess our sins, He's faithful and just. He's true to His own nature and promises and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously. Don't you like that? It's not just a one time, well, I know I prayed one time and He forgave my sins. Note this. He will continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action. That's the amplified. You can do this. It's not, don't come up with an excuse. Philippians 4.13 says, I can. Say, I can. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. So can the excuses no more excuses we're going to hit this thing head on and we're going to get free in the name of Jesus amen number two first we can the excuses number two we've got to cut the ties we've got to cut the ties in 1 corinthians 15 it says in verse 33 it says this do not be misled bad company corrupts good character I like this next verse. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. It amazes me how some people think that it doesn't matter who they hang out with. It does matter who you hang out with. It makes, they have a big influence on your life. Do you know the story at the woman of, there's a story in John chapter 8 about the woman at the well and Jesus comes and, and, and uh, he, he meets this woman and he prophetically reads her life and she knows she's had five husbands but she's basically been an adulteress and so he he loves her aren't you glad Jesus does reject you no matter where you've come from you talk about baggage this woman had some baggage she could have had some excuses but Jesus loves her and opens his heart to her and embraces her her the need that she has and he says woman where are your accusers they all left and then she said you know I guess they're gone He said, neither do I accuse you. And then he said this. He said, now go and sin no more. In other words, stop that behavior. You've got to cut some ties. Cut some ties with your past. You know, don't be deceived. It matters a lot who you hang out with, who you listen to, who has a voice into your ear. If you hang around with negative people, I promise you, you're going to be negative. You've got to monitor what comes in your ear and sometimes what's coming in your ear are the people closest to you. And sometimes they're just not the people that you need to be hanging out with. You know, I've told this story for many years but I think it fits right here. I call it the crab basket theory. You know, if you spend any time at the beach or if you've ever gone crabbing, you understand. If you catch one crab and put it in the basket, that crab will crawl out every time. If you catch two crabs and put it in the basket, you'll never have to worry about it. Because the minute that one crab gets halfway up the basket and gets ready to reach over to freedom, that other crab will reach up and grab it and pull it back into the basket. I said, my Lord, that's like a lot of Christians in the church today. You decide you're going to go on, you're going to get free, you're going on with Jesus, and some old crabs reaching up grabbing you and trying to pull you back into that lifestyle. See, don't let it happen to you. You've got to cut some ties. Cut, Cut the ties of anything that does not align itself with the truth of God's Word over your life. Jesus needs to have the final say-so in your life. Not well-intended people, not your enemy, not your neighbor, not your boss, but the Word of God. Cut ties with anybody or anything that does not align itself with the truth of the Word of God over your life. And I've got a little formula for you. This will help you with regards to the whole sin thing. You ready? Here you go. Admit it, quit it, and forget it. Say that with me. Admit it, quit it, and forget it. Stop dredging. Once you've cut those ties, stop dredging it up again. Jesus doesn't remember it. Satan's the one that throws it up again. Jesus saves, heals, and forgives. Cut the ties. The third C, so we've got, we've got can the excuses. We've got cut the ties. And the third C is choose the truth. Choose the truth. You know it's interesting in John eight thirty two that I just told you the story of that woman at, at the well. John eight thirty two says, "You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." That's the same chapter, chapter eight of this story of the woman at the well. The woman caught in adultery. The woman who had had five husbands. In that same chapter is this verse, 32, says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know, Jesus is all about freedom. But you've got to choose his truth over the lies of the enemy. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, he said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's remaining faithful to his word, to his teachings. Not to just good ideas or your thoughts or your feelings. We've all got feelings, and how many of you know your feelings can be up and down? They can be all over the board. And, and, and let me just say this. You may have some regrets about some of your experiences of the past. I've got regrets. I'm sure you have Regrets. But you can make a quality decision to walk and live free in your future. Don't let your past determine your future. You choose and you apply the truth of the Word of God. Because in reality, let me just say this to you. It's not just that the truth will set you free. It's the truth that you apply that will set you free. And I found a lot of times Christians and churches all over the country that I go to, we know a lot of truth, but we're not always applying a lot of truth. And so we're still living as though we're not free, we're in bondage. But you've got to choose the truth in your life and apply it to your life. And if you've given your heart and life to Jesus, you know, you've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. That is the truth for you. Whatever's happened in your past, whatever that baggage is, whatever that tag is that's on your baggage, that does not define you. I want to tell you this with all of my heart tonight. Jesus defines you. He's defined you already right here in his word. Do not let the enemy define you. Do not let baggage define you. Your heavenly, defi- your heavenly Father defines you. The Word of God defines you from this point forward. Baggage comes and it, and it attaches itself in our life, usually through some very consistent means. As, as I've counseled with people and have eyes reflected on my own life, have I, as I've studied and, and, and been with people who've majored in ministries of healing and wholeness, here's some things that I've discovered. That that baggage will attach itself usually, well, number one, because we just live in a broken and fallen world. We live in a very broken world today. I think you can all agree with me on that. And so we see baggage all over the place but secondly it might come from your home of origin maybe from your family issues that have been passed on to us habits that get passed on from generation to generation to generation i was just with uh, some family members out in portland oregon and uh, the the uh, father had a heart attack at 52 the brother had a heart attack at 52 and the other brother uh, had a heart attack at 52 that's not normal That something's wrong that's out of alignment with the Word of God and the truth of the Word of God. And so some things that that can can be just passed on to us generationally in our lives need to be broken. Or, here's the big one, traumatic events that have influenced uh, us in our development years. Maybe, as a child, somebody spoke something over you that wasn't true, and or maybe maybe an adult hurt you or wounded you, somebody that you trusted, somebody that you looked up to maybe maybe somebody left you under the care of an individual and you were assaulted or you were you, you know something uh, unspeakable happened to you, and so that traumatized your life at that point and here it is the reality is that Satan uses those opportunities then to sow lies into your life. And then we begin to build our lives. I call this lie-based thinking. So we begin to build our lives on on, uh, this this lie, this emotional and relational stress, this breakdown that ultimately leads to our destruction. And so Satan wants you to build your life on a lie. Lie Lie-based thinking. You're not good enough. You can't make it. Jesus doesn't love you. You can't get free from that. Everybody else can get free, but they don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you've done. You've blown it. Lie-based thinking rather than truth-based thinking. And so the result is that, like I said, we live far beneath the blessings and the abundance of life that Jesus promised would be ours. So you have to choose the truth. And you have to apply it, not just once, but continuously apply the truth to your life. James 4, verse 7 says, If we submit ourselves then to God and resist the devil, that he will flee from us. So, can the excuses. Number two, cut the ties. Help me out, this is an interactive message. <laughs> Number three, choose the truth. And finally number four here it is you create a new reality you create a new reality you see you've got to change the way you think and the way you process things in your life in Romans chapter 12 Paul told this very clearly he said I plead with you brothers and sisters give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable and that's the way to worship Him. But look at this, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. See, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, some of us have just got to change the way we think. It's that lie-based thinking. And, and, and somebody, I heard somebody say that years ago, that's called stinking thinking. God can't bless stinking thinking. We've got to have truth-based thinking. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Another scripture in Colossians said that we have to set our mind on things above, not beneath. It says, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. See, this is a, this is a biblical directive for us. You have to change your way of thinking in order to change your life, and that's not something anybody else can do for you. Pastor Greg can preach the best messages on the planet and it won't do anything for you until you apply it to your life and change the way you think. By the way, we're all familiar with the word repentance and isn't that really what repentance is? I was headed this direction, but now I'm going to turn around and head this direction. I was going this way, but now I'm going to go this way. I've got to change the way I think in order for that to happen. Again, it's an intentional act on our part. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this is an action on our part. An act of our own will. Just as a practical way to create this new reality, I want to tell you, you've got to get in the Word of God. Make His Word wash over your heart, wash over your mind continue, continually. You need to be a person of prayer where you are just learning to be in the presence of God. Again, it's not taking a list of, I want this, I want that, God. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me. I mean, <laughs> prayer is, is communication. Prayer is discussion. Lord, here I am with my heart and, and, I, and I'm pouring my heart out to you. You need to have that uh, element working in your life. How about people in your life that you're just accountable to? That you surround, that's why church is so important. That That you develop relationships. You don't just come to church. You know, okay, I did my church thing. No, you develop life-giving relationships that support you and help you. People that are, that are dealing with issues themselves and they're, they're drawing on the grace and mercy of God and their encouragement to you. There's, that's why there's life in the body. You can't cut yourself off from the body and expect to uh, get rid of baggage. You'll, you'll just accumulate more baggage. Jesus set it up that way. And then also there's actions of ministry. You know what I've found? The people are the happiest people are those who have found a place to serve themselves. They're giving on themselves. They don't just come for what they can get, but they're coming to love, they're coming to serve, they're coming to give. Because you know what? Here's the key. You reap what you sow. And if even if you have, well, you just don't know, I've got issues in my life. Well, help other people get free from their issues and I promise you, you'll find a pathway to God dealing with grace with your own issues. That's the way the kingdom of God works. So create a new reality. And this will help you to walk free from that lie-based thinking into the truth of the Word of God for your life. You can be free from baggage. Stand fast in the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free. Can you say amen to that? Would you bow your head just for a minute? Close your eyes. You know, I was thinking about this message and just how practical it is. And I'm sure this, this uh, if you're new here or if you haven't heard these, the other messages, I, I hope you'll go online and listen to Pastor Greg as he shares the other messages on baggage. But just as we bring this conclusion, I thought, you know, this is, this is cool. Can the excuses, cut the ties, choose the truth, create the new reality. That's all true. But you know what? That's only true if the fifth C is already established in your life, and that's commit to Christ. Because you can't do this in your own strength. But Jesus loves you outrageously. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. And you he, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life, but you've got to give your heart to him. You've got to give your life to him. And I'm so grateful for a church like this that loves people and is doing everything they can to reach people with what we call the good news, not the bad news, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to pray for you, and after a little while, at the conclusion of the service, there'll be some other prayer team members up here, and and you can seal the deal in your life by making sure that you have committed your life to Christ. Then all these truths can be applied, and the power of God will be there at work in every area of your life. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the Valley family. I thank you for every man, every woman that will hear, uh, is hearing, and will hear this message. I pray, Father, that the truth will go deep into the fiber of our soul tonight. We can can every excuse. We, uh, Lord, we can cut ties from these, these uh, uh, tools of the enemy that are meant to distract or drag us down. Lord, we can... Uh, we can choose the truth instead of the lie. And we can create a new reality based on the promises and the truth of your word. But Father, you have to have our heart. And I pray, Father, if there's anybody here that has not committed their heart to you, that this would be a defining moment in their life, that this weekend, Father, everything would change. It would be out with the old, in with the new, and that you would wash over their life, you would connect with their heart, draw them, Father, into the reality of how much you love them and that you died for them and that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. May people from all over this community give their heart and life to you, Jesus, and begin to walk free from baggage and fulfill the great destiny that you have for their life. And this I pray in the powerful, precious, and mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you.